For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And today is the best day ever. <laughs> I have to say it's that. It's Christmas for Leaf fans. <laughs> and all hockey fans. It's it's a huge day. Um, yeah, we're coming at you. Tonight's the first exhibition game um, for the Leafs on it's July 28th, right? Yes. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I got yes. the right day. And um, yeah, so it's just great, even though it's steaming hot out there. It seems kind of odd that way with the weather being... Whatever it's obviously we're in the middle of summer, but to have hockey, I don't really care at this point. I've been all inside all day and I'm waiting to get my TV ready tonight. And um, yeah, it's going to be good. So, but before we start on that and get into the Leafs, um, just want to again thank the healthcare workers and the frontline workers and everybody involved in the NHL bubble. <laughs> Absolutely. Say, yes, because we need this. To just everything has gone very well, and um, and we needed to continue to go well, and um, yeah, and and so we thank all of our healthcare workers and the frontline workers, um, not just in the NHL bubble, obviously, but um, in all the hospitals, the doctors, everybody that does. We slowly get our numbers down for this pandemic, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, but we've made it. Hockey's back, and um, it's Leafs Habs tonight, so. Gotta love that sort of thing. And um, actually, one thing that is unfortunate, though, is that we're going to have to listen to Jim Hewson. I wanted to, <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to say this the last podcast, and I don't know how I forgot this, but I was so excited to have Chris Cuthbert uh, move from TSN to uh, to Sportsnet and and Hockey Night in Canada. I thought for sure we would finally get a play by play guy that we would actually enjoy right listening well, to the games but to me it made sense that houston would be out west come for, on oh for sure like, yeah why yeah anyway i i don't understand but um yeah i'm assuming you're just as excited though for the games oh yeah. i'm so so excited like for me and uh, i was thinking about this earlier it's kind of like uh you know when you plan like a really big trip somewhere and you're not really feeling it, you know, you know, like, you know, you got to pack and stuff and you're like, I'm not really that excited yet. And then the day before you realize you're super excited and you can hardly stand it. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm going to be going on a big trip, except it's just in my mind and body, but I know I will be transported somewhere and I'm like super, super pumped. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going to be good. And uh, well, speaking of trips, actually, we uh, we have our new. Se- <laughs> it's sort of a trip, I guess, but we have our yeah. new Seattle <laughs> franchise, right? That came in. That's there right. is some other news um, before we get to the Leafs again, but we have our the new franchise, um, Seattle, the thirty second NHL franchise uh, that's come into the league, and they came up with their new name. Yeah, the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's a little bit of um, 
kind of a novelty sort of name. But when I did see how they um, kind of came to using the name um, with all the maritime lore that they have there, I thought it was kind of fitting. And I actually, when I watched them unveil the logo, I thought that was like super cool. I could totally see that on the big screen and how they would work that in with the tentacles swimming through the squirreling yeah. through the S and the red eye. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. And I, I can't wait to uh, be uh, heading out there when uh, they join the league in the 2021-22 season. Yeah. It's yeah, going to so be the- an awesome road trip. Like if they can pull together like a Seattle, Vancouver lining up well, yeah. um, that might be a really fun trip to do. Especially for anybody who's like a Grey's Anatomy fan, there's all kinds of uh, interesting uh, things that you can uh, sort of tie in with your trip. So, yeah, I'm not into the TV show, so <laughs> Syl will take care of that for us, the Grey's Anatomy part. <laughs> I'm just looking at the yeah. hockey sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, when, when I was saying trip, that's what we were referring to, the road trip possibilities. I think that'll be really cool too, going going out there. And it'll be just like the uh, when the Blue Jays go out there, right? Like they, they always oh, get yeah. those huge crowds out there, right? So all of mm-hmm. the Blue Jay fans and all of Leafs Nation now will come and join them too, sort of thing, right? That would that's be cool right. actually too, if the Blue Jays happen to play in Seattle while the Leafs are there at some point. You could go to a Blue Jay game and a Leafs game. If it's like a, like a yeah. fall fall trip or yeah. a spring trip. Or spring, yeah. Yeah, yeah if it if lines it up, up, that would nicely. be kind of... Yeah. If they were smart, they would do that. Yeah. They would coordinate. Yeah, that would be cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we're going to get to the Leaf events uh, in August, to note. Um, but actually, before we do that, too, we just want to um, talk about uh, the passing of Eddie Shack. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was sad, uh, sad day. I don't know if any of you though, I, I keep replaying it on Instagram. I don't know if any, hopefully a lot of you saw our Instagram posts where, um, we actually met Eddie Shack at the alumni, at an alumni luncheon last, last November and on our Instagram post, he actually sang the here, clear the track. Here comes Shaq. It was just, <laughs> it was just totally him sort of thing, right? And it's just, it's hard to believe that because he was perfectly fine then. It's hard to believe he's gone. But um, yeah, another, mm. another Leaf alumni, and we give our condolences to his family. And um, and yeah, they're gonna do a. I guess the Leaf said they'll do a special ceremony for him next season when the uh, when the fans are allowed back in the building. So that's that's something to. To think about, um, and uh, yes, definitely one of my first favorites when I was a kid. Um, my dad actually did some graphics work with him because he was a very entrepreneurial guy, a really smart businessman. He was involved in a lot of different things, and um, so I kind of got to know him a little bit more as a player through my dad that way as well. And yeah, uh, and he was just always just so fun you know it's just a really fun boisterous guy larger than life person so yes for sure very, he, very uh, sad day I didn't know that the that that song to clear the track here comes Shaq mm-hmm. I didn't know that it actually made the chump charts top oh yeah it did for two weeks in 1966 it was better like even he said it was better than Elvis better than the Beatles and I was like oh my <laughs> god that was but that just goes to show you the reach of the Leafs like don't no matter how far back you go, 
Yeah. It's it's they are just it's they're more than just a hockey team. They are part of pop culture here. Yeah. yeah in so. in Canada, regardless, right? So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. So, he definitely has a legacy. Yeah, and for birthdays, um, now for August, for the current team, we only have one birthday. It's Alexander Kerfoot, and he's it's his birthday on August 11th. He'll be 26. Uh, Marley's have no August birthdays, and then there's a few alumni birthdays, and I think I said yeah, the last so, podcast, but um, just so you know, we can't possibly cover every alumni <laughs> birthday because yeah. there's too many of them. Um, but yeah, so go ahead, Syl. What, uh, so yeah. we have Builder Lego, who was born on August 25th. He'll be 62. Ed Olchick, Eddie O. Gotta love that guy. August 16th, he'll be 54. And of course, he's he's recovered from uh, from cancer. So we're, we're happy that he's seeing this birthday for sure. And uh, one of my personal favorites... Uh, kind of, uh, which we call it, uh, uh, anyway, he, he's a guy that I really liked, uh, in the nineties. He was here for a while. Uh, Gila Rose, his birthday's August 31st. He'll be 53. And I actually did get a jersey with his name on it, even though he was kind of a little bit of a journeyman, uh, guy, but I, uh, I don't know, for some reason he, yeah, he's a, a guy that I really liked. And actually, and then so. it was funny because, you have, a, it's a Calgary jersey though, right? I think. I think it's a uh, Calgary jersey. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he was traded to Calgary and that's when a friend of ours, if he <laughs> if he's listening, he knows who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He gave Sil. Chris the, did that for me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and he gave, he gave Sil the jersey. Who, who, anyways, yeah. that's just something for that, uh, that we have a connection with. That's kind of the joke. Yeah. The inside joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But of course, we cannot forget too that it's another special birthday. It's not. It's not an alumni birthday. It's Sill's birthday too. We won't say in <laughs> August, so we'll have to say happy birthday to Sill. And one Thank question you. I do have for you though is, mm-hmm. how does it feel having hockey on your birthday? Like ho- hockey games are actually going to be played, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, th- there's not going to be one on my actual birthday which is too bad. But I my birthday is sandwiched between two games. So I don't know. It's like a birthday sandwich. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Normally, there's not much going on around my birthday time. And uh, I actually get Leafs games um, for my birthday. So it's it's kind of special that way for sure. And thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the shout out. It's nice. Yes. And um, yeah, so for the league update, Again, sorry, we know we got to get to the, we got to go through a few things anyways, before we get to the Leafs, which it's ultimately what we want to talk about. But the league update, obviously, we just got to this, um, to this point now. Um, So we just want to run through a few of the critical dates, I guess, going into uh, starting with the exhibition games that start tonight, uh, July 28th through to the 30th. Uh, then the qualifiers begin August 1st, which is a Saturday. Uh, we got phase two of the draft lottery going August 10th, and that's tentative depending on when the qualifying round ends. Uh, the first round is going to start August 11th. Second round of the playoffs starts August 25th. The conference finals, which are going to be the conference finals 
And the finals are both going to be in Edmonton. So that's when the teams are going to move to the other hub city. Uh, conference finals start September the 8th. Uh, Stanley Cup finals are going to start September 22nd. Those are all tentative dates. Um, and the last possible date of the final is October the 4th. And then the draft is going to be on October 9th and 10th. So it's a lot of dates in there, but we just wanted to cover that um, with this uh, whole return to play. We just want to make sure you guys knew all the dates that uh, that are important. And then, and I yeah, guess and it's, then, still t- it's still to be determined, too, I guess, uh, after all of this shakes out. Um, there's no mention, obviously, of um, any free agency dates. No. Uh, and also uh, no mention of when uh, the next season is going to start yet either. So that's still to be determined, I believe. And um, anyway, also through this uh, process, uh, a new CBA was ratified that uh, takes us through to uh, the 25-26 season. So it's a four-year extension, which is good because there's labor peace. But... There's some interesting language that was picked out and debated a little bit over the last week or so um, that put in the agreement uh, that says what teams can and can't do when it comes to summer workouts at their facilities. Uh, And we have a direct quote here from Elliot Friedman that says, Toronto was a team that a lot of their prospects or a number of them would come to Toronto in the summer and they'd work out at the practice facility and they really improved as players. And teams were like, we don't like that. So guess what? They had it written into the CBA that you are no longer allowed to have your players come to your home city and use your facilities. Yeah. Discuss. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, no, I cannot believe that. Anyway. I mean, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous, really. It's just like the whole I, the whole thing that happened with the referees where they saw the Leafs having referees a couple of weeks ago when they first started camp with their first scrimmage and and then the league came out and said, yeah, you can't do that sort of thing. Like, it's like, I don't know. I know that they, um, apparently this this whole issue of the of the prospects coming to like to their team's facilities, it has to do with the Leafs apparently paying for the expenses of of these players. Like when it comes to, mm-hmm. um, I guess, their meals and their travel and the and the different programs that they have access to, like the like Gary right. Roberts. Um, Gary Roberts has his special programs, and apparently, the team pays for all that. Um, and because they can, because they can. This is yeah. the thing. This is the thing that bugs me, and is the that whole thing is. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing is, is because there's there's teams that are, let's say, not in traditional hockey markets that don't want to spend money on this in the yeah. off season. Yeah, or they, they don't, don't have want the money. to. Yeah, or they can't afford to. Yeah. Or maybe it could even be the senator saying Eugene Melnick does not want to spend money on this kind of stuff. But why is that? Why is that our problem? Why is that the Leafs' problem? That's not our problem. If you want to be competitive, you spend money to make your team competitive. Either you want to be competitive or you don't. Now, we're already hamstrung by the cap situation because we can't just spend, outspend other teams when we could afford to. They've already put, they've already written that into the CBA also. But what I find interesting is that why is it always pointed to Toronto for this kind of stuff? 
because Toronto's not the only team in the league who makes a lot of money. How come the New York Rangers are not mentioned ever in any of these things? How come the Montreal Canadiens are not also? Because I guarantee you, at least on the Montreal side for sure, that they're also doing this kind of stuff because they can afford to. Yeah, no, for sure, sort of thing. But it always comes back to the center of the hockey universe. It always comes back to us and uh, and making a, a point, uh, making a point using using the Leafs uh, as as the um, I don't know what the word is, but like I could see if we have won like ten Stanley Cups in the last twenty years, yeah. or less, that they have something to say. But hello, we are have not. You know, we haven't shown anything yet. Right now, our team is all potential. Yeah. No, I, it comes down. I I think I wrote a few tweets about it anyways. If they want to do this to me, then like the Leafs should have in the CPA. It's not going to happen. But when it comes to revenue sharing, we should not be included to give our money to those lesser teams yeah. that need it. Why because are we giving the money? Yeah, because they don't want to use it to make their team better, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. it. it makes... Isn't that what it's supposed to be for? Yeah. To give them a leg up so that they could have some of the nice shiny things that they think Toronto gets? And yeah, and to be on an even playing level field, as they say, sir. So, yeah. But obviously, they're, they, they just want to make an example using us, of course, uh, being the center of the hockey universe. And um, it's not... I don't agree with it, and I know obviously you don't agree with it either. Oh, and no. it, it's 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 not right, but um, but yeah. So that it's in the CBA, and um, and we'll well, well Kyle Dubis know, I, and Brendan Shanahan will just have to work through it like we always do. <laughs> they will. They'll find another way. Oh they'll yeah, find another way to they'll they'll send trainers out to each of the players. You know home rinks or stuff like they'll find something to do oh for sure some way yeah. around it for yeah. sure so now let's get to the leaf update mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get to it this is what we want to talk about um so sheldon keith is going into his first nhl qualifying round playoff slash playoff series we think it's a playoff series anyways uh mm-hmm. the team has been on the ice since july 13th and i don't know i was li- i listened to every Shend- sheldon keith press conference that has been gone on for the last two weeks and I have to say I'm impressed with the way he's dealt with the media and he's gone from 11 minute press conferences right up to 23 minutes on -hmm. press conferences so it's none of this like when my I used I liked Mike Babcock as well with his pressers sometimes I found it funny how he used to cut it off basically you just said he just said like (laughs) thanks and see you later sort of thing right and yeah. he was gone but this guy's a it's different he he definitely takes the time and and describes a lot of things that uh that normally like babcock wouldn't give you the time of day to describe it sort of thing as to mm-hmm. but um yeah how do you think he matches up against tortorella i mean well first thing i want to want to say is that i i don't know if i guess it's it at <laughs> the like right now it seems like there's quite a bit of a loving between the two of them and i don't know if at some point the gloves will come off i'm sure yeah but right now like the the way they kind of talk about each other they got so many glowing things to say 
about each yeah, other. But I, I is- do kind of find it interesting. And I know Tortorella coached him. So so that's kind of a cool um, dynamic there. The fact that, you know, is the 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 teacher and the student and yeah. all of that kind yeah. of thing going on. Yeah, he, he coached him from 2000 to 2003, so for yeah. three seasons. I didn't know he was there that long as a player, uh, Sheldon Keefe. But it was interesting, though, like the way you say there's a love-in I, I, between the two. I I saw in one of the interviews Sheldon Keefe had, um, I guess the media was talking about this same thing, his, I guess, how he, like, obviously, Tortorella has won a Stanley Cup. He has all the experience, like... And they were just going on with him saying, like, like, where does he see him matching up against against Tortorella? And it was funny, the body language I saw, it was he was kind of a, it looked like he was a little bit annoyed at, in that particular mm. interview sort of thing. Right. Well, and, I think he does kind of have that streak in him, this yeah. like little bit of a fierceness, like and that's one of the things Tortorella said that he's a com- big time competitor. Yeah. So. He is not going to hold back anything, I don't think. Like, he's he's not going to defer. That's for darn sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and he, and Sheldon Keefe said, like, I mean, like, it's not like he doesn't have experience. It's just at the different mm-hmm. levels. Like, obviously, yeah. he coached the Marlies to the Calder Cup. And so he has all that experience. And like he was saying, you know, like, doing... Yeah, like, and that's more recent, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he has the experience, like, when it comes to like matching, obviously matching lines and and like in between periods, what's what's to get the players like he knows the time to say something, the time to not say something. Um, And yeah, so I think where he was saying it's going to be a big difference is like when uh, like during the game and like if there's a TV timeout or whatever, he's like, right, he goes, normally he's used to like yelling because no, like there's music right, going. Right, because no there's, one can hear. Nobody but can now, hear. He's like, yeah. I'm going to have to get used to like keeping my voice down because it's like there's nobody that's in the building, right? So I didn't consider that, but that's true is because, you know, they, they're going to be talking, you know, behind those papers a lot more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because, because uh, yeah, there's basically no one, um, there's no noise buffer there. So yeah, that's... Yeah, I think it's those dynamics are going to be different, not just for the players, but definitely for the coaches, too. I didn't really consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah. So anyway, so he the way he handled the camp, I don't, how how do you think like the way he how he handled it with the with the line combinations, the deep pairings I, like I kind of um, well, I mean, obviously he he basically started everything out like, you know, how things ended. Um, and he just made adjustments and everything. Um, but what I kind of love is, is how he um, split the teams. So we'll talk about that a little bit more when we discuss the house divided. But um, yeah, yeah, but you know, he's he he experimented a lot. And I think he you need to so to kind of see where people can slot in, where he can move things around. He one thing I love about him, which is so different than Babcock, is that he comes into the game with a strategy in mind, but he's not afraid to turn to change things on the fly. And 
it's it's not on the fly though. Like it, it seems like it is to us because when we're watching it in the game, it's it seems like it's just like a split second decision. But he pla- he actually this showed me he actually plans for this stuff. So he's not just you know flying by the seat of his pants out there. It's 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 strategic, and even the fact that he you know put um, Matthews Tavares and Marner together, you know the so called all star line. You know, he might use that, but he might not. So who's to know if this is not just a part of the psychological gameplay? Um, also, just, you know, knowing, showing everyone that this is in our back pocket and we're going to pull it out if we need, if we want to, and you won't know when that is kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, sure. um, so I think it's, it's pretty cool. So obviously I think that, they're starting pretty much with the same lineup as usual, except we have a really interesting insert in the fact that they're going to start uh, Nick Robertson and he's going to get a chance to show his stuff tonight um, instead of uh, Engvall. I think part of the reason for that is that he knows very much what he's going to get from Engvall because he had him in the Marlies and he's had him here. So they know what they're going to get from him. They want to see Again, strategy-wise, you know, what kind of asset or um, to this uh, Nick Robertson can be. So he's going to get a chance to to show his stuff tonight. So what do you think about the fact that they're going to be giving the kid his shot? That I'm okay with because I just think Engvall is, ever since he got that contract, I don't know why, mm-hmm. he just doesn't. I mean, we're going to miss him, I think, more so, let's say, on the penalty kill. Because he was yeah. a good penalty killer. He just, yeah. I don't know, he just seems flat. Whereas, obviously, Nick Robertson being a young kid, it's it's risky, let's just say that, to 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 have... Oh, it is. ...to do that sort of thing. We'll see tonight how... I how, think it, it, it takes some balls for yes, them to insert for him sure. into yeah. this situation. But I know, too, during these two weeks, Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas, they've both been saying about how they've been focusing on the defense too like on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the game to and a lot of the players Tavares um Marner uh they've all been saying the right things I guess to say that the coach has implemented a couple of different strategies to like to focus on the defense mm-hmm. now it's about buying in in my opinion like these players that, well yeah that's that's the missing piece here is is the buy-in and um yeah i i i i hope i mean they only have one game to show us tonight basically what these uh this new defensive uh structure is um so hopefully it uh cuz that's what it comes down to really is their buy-in on the defense and um because they need our our defense, obviously, everybody knows, is not the greatest. Um, but if the forwards come back and help, I think. Well, it's it's got to be a commitment, like you said, to team defense. So even you know on things like you know, um, especially teams when when you maybe have you know less defense, like actual defensemen out there, there you have to have strong a strong team commitment to the defensive side of the game in those situations. And, yeah. uh, and so in that regard, 
you know, if these guys can can learn how to be doing that consistency consistently, because we've seen that obviously, like even if a lot of people are pointing to that last game we played against Tampa, which was kind of textbook, but we need to be able to do that every night. It has to be become rote, you know, something that is an automatic thing. And and I like what Sheldon Keefe, going back to him again, what he said about that is that is that um, basically you you can learn that. You just have to decide you're going to do it. That's what it comes down to yeah. is that you can't be looking to, you know, you're another player on your line and go, eh, he's going to take care of it. I'll just let him do it. No, you, everyone has to be committed, have the buy-in, like you said, and, and just do the work. And so going back to that house divided tournament that you were saying, um, Mm -hmm. or you were saying, we're going to talk about, that was interesting because I guess the way Sheldon Keefe put it was basically to keep the main guys together, like the offensive group and to Mm -hmm. really, focus on the defense though too like to to show that on the other side on Freddie's side that he had Mm -hmm. all the um I guess what you would say more defensive team sort of things actually and the utility guys the utility guys and to actually basically put it into practice that defensive side of the game they obviously didn't do too well um when but it's kind of hard because it's your own team, right? It's your teammates that you're going against. Yeah. So it's kind of hard, but I, I well, kind of... I, I love that, though. I love that he did that. He stacked one side yeah. compared to the other as far as offense versus defense. And I thought that was fantastic for so on so many levels because most coaches would balance things out. But to me, for Freddie... He has got to get, they and the D, they need to get used to, like, first of all, most teams are not going to be stacked like what he was, um, what they had to play against. What team is, is going to be stacked like that? Not too many. Not too many, yes. And I, so this gives both sides a little bit of a taste of of what they can sort of expect, you know, from the top level competition, except they, during a regular game, I think you would will get little breaks because you're not always going to be, you know, facing the number one line or the, you know, the first yeah. two lines all game long. No, I, thought, I, it was also, a, I thought it was a great idea to just to, I guess, to kind of mimic a game, let's say, right, uh, to mm-hmm. the best of uh, they they could right um, to get to get that game type of uh, atmosphere going between the between the two playing off their friendship too. So <laughs> from hanging yeah. out in Arizona together during the pandemic, make but, it a little um, bit competitive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I thought I thought it was it was good. And the, uh, Matthews team, everybody probably knows, but they he's he they won uh, team Matthews mm-hmm. three three games to one um, in the five game series and. Uh, yeah, it, it I kind of, I I do did actually think about this too with regards to the situation in Columbus that everyone was kind of like a little bit on Freddie. It's like you know what which Freddie are we going to see? Are we going to see October November Freddie? Are we going to see you know uh, Freddie who's a little tighter towards the end of the season? So everyone's kind of worried of like what which, which Freddie is going to show up and you know he has the CA power pads. Again, yeah. <laughs> <Entire pad. laughs> okay. Right, so so he, um, 
but so obviously he let in a fair amount of goals here, but he's faced stiff competition. Okay. These are the top school goal scorers in the league. So now we did talk a little bit about Columbus already uh, in our previous podcast. So we're not going to review them to the same extent, but I do want to point out that their goaltenders on their side also were, have not had a good preseason to the point where they actually, the two of them have let in 37 goals. So Freddie is not as bad as them. And I also want to point out that the shooters that they were facing are not our shooters. So they're facing uh, the 26th offense in the league versus ours, which is like got to be, you know, at least, you know, top 10 could be top five. And another um, another so point, though, really, yeah, the no. goaltending, the goaltending is what you need to win the series. So if we're just going by that, even if Freddie's like a, not 100 percent on his game, he's got to be better than than what they've got. And the other point is, too, though, that they have zero games playoff experience. And exactly. Freddie, and Freddie has it's 65 or 66 games. I forget. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's I think it's 66 games uh, playoff experience. So mm-hmm. that that has to be something or be marked. Yeah, for it counts something. for something. Yeah, sure. So. So, yeah, I, I I I don't think to me it's not even close. So. So what player are you impressed with from the camp the most, you would say? Out of the t- from the two weeks, mm. um, I something about uh, I actually was pretty excited uh, with Nick Robertson's game. Obviously, that's you know this one of the storylines. But for me, yeah, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I'm crossing, with my, I'm crossing the, my fingers; it's not the same. That it's not the same thing. I'm really impressed with Matthews. Okay. There's something yeah. about the way he came in. I don't know. He actually looks like. Maybe because, you know, he he was in quarantine and he couldn't really get out on the ice. So he must have been working out like a crazy man because to me, he looks even more fit than he did in season. And uh, there's just something about the look in his eye. I think that he's, yeah, he's ready to go. Okay. Good, because that wasn't who I picked. I mean, I'm I'm always impressed with him, but uh, I'm actually picking Willie. I don't know, Willie. Oh Neil yeah, Andy. yeah, him too. Mm-hmm. I was. He just seemed to be his usual relaxed self. That everybody seems to be mm-hmm. seems to get this impression that he doesn't care, just because that's his personality the way he is. But he's been on the ice a lot after the practice, working on his shot, just doing his usual thing, and uh, and he keeps saying that he he is going to be the guy to dominate the play. Like he's mm-hmm. going to be the a dominant player in this league and for me I'm thinking to myself just the way he's carrying himself right now and and staying after practice to work on stuff I think I I was impressed with him from the for for the two weeks uh, the way he yeah I can't I I can't disagree there yeah and um who do you think is going to stand out in the series versus Columbus god um well I I think that that our offense is going to trump whatever they've got as far as yeah. you know, their defense yeah. or whatever is concerned. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see, you know, if Nick Robertson is going to, you know, get to play in, in this and in that how all you that think she's going to take over so, the series, though. 
No, 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 not take who's going to but I, gonna be the guy in the series to basically own the series. Oh, God. If well, I mean, it could be. Guy, if it's one if guy. If it's one guy, I, yeah. God, I have to pick Matthews because it's just his, his shot. And I don't know. There's a fire in him. I, I just, yeah. I think that he's All right. the guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm picking Marner. Anyways, I'm picking yeah. Mitch. I'm thinking that he just. He's had enough of this whole thing to do with his contract and and how mm-hmm. he started the year and then he got injured and he was just at before the the pause like he was just yeah, getting rolling. Yeah, he was kind of on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think he's going to take it to another level and now that I mean we haven't mentioned the obvious choice maybe for um, I guess for the camp would have been Ilya Mikheyev because apparently mm-hmm. like a lot of the players have been saying yeah, that that's he's another interesting storyline. Yeah. I, um, I'm so his shot supposedly is like even better than it was before, which yeah. it could have gone either way. It could have got like, depending on how they tighten things up in there, right. It could have been better or worse. So, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think that line with Tavares, Marner, Mikheyev, um, yeah, we'll see tonight how it plays, but mm-hmm. I just think that's going to, they didn't. They didn't have the opportunity to play at all during the season because they were all injured at some. No, point. that's true. That's true right? because either one one of them was always hurt. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I just think that Marner is going to be really going. Uh, well, all three of them, but they're they're Marner's going to really be the beneficiary of everything and 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 take mm-hmm. it to an, and own this series. I I think he's going to be really good, and um, yeah. So. We actually have a, a couple of trophy finalists here. The uh, for the Lady Bing Trophy, we got uh, Matthews uh, that was named the finalist for the Lady Bing Trophy, and it's given to the player that uh, performs at a high level while exhibiting the best sportsmanlike conduct, meaning no penalties. So. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think, they didn't really, I guess the Lady Bing Trophy is not really, nobody really goes on about it because everybody's more about the MVP, the heart. Um, well, and I, and I don't think too many people are like super proud of, you know, being pointed out that, <laughs> like in this case, like he's just, you know, does that mean you don't get involved in play enough? Like what's yeah. the deal there? But yeah. anyway, but. Yeah, but uh, no, he, I mean, he's. He's got some good competition. Yeah, yeah, with Nathan McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly, and I mean, Wayne Gretzky was named, or he was a five-time Lady Bing winner, so it can't be that bad, right? Mm-hmm. And, no. Um, <laughs> and I guess the last time, the last Leaf to win the Lady Bing was Alexander McGillney, uh, which I had no idea, actually, but that he actually won the trophy, I didn't remember that, and that was in the 2002-2003 season. Uh, and then just recently, I guess the Leafs named Mitch Marner as the... Um, not the not the Le- well, it's the Leafs nominee for uh, the King mm-hmm. Clancy Memorial Trophy. That was just uh, yesterday. Um, that basically that's presented to the player who best exemplifies exemplifies leadership qualities, both on and off the ice. Um, and because yes, of his uh, and his made, foundational work, yeah, yeah, and and made the humanitarian contribution with his community work with through the Marner Assist Fund. So um, mm-hmm. congratulations to both Matthews and Marner for that. Um, Yeah, and 
Lastly, before we go here, uh, we promised on our last episode um, that uh, we're coming up to our first anniversary of the podcast and uh, in September. And to celebrate, uh, so listen up here, to celebrate, we're going to be giving our um, followers on uh, Instagram a chance to win. Our listeners. And listeners, sorry. You do have to follow (laughs) us, but listeners too. Um, To celebrate, we're going to be giving away a $50 e-gift card of your choice. So to qualify. to qualify. Yeah. To qualify for our random draw, you have to follow us on Instagram, like our post, and tag two friends. So that's all you have to do to enter our contest. Um, And we will be posting these details on both Twitter and Instagram um, on August 2nd. So you can start entering the contest then, and we will announce the winner on our anniversary podcast. Yeah, so the anniversary podcast will be in September, obviously, because that's our anniversary. So, um, yeah. And we'll give you a few chances over the course of the month to enter. So so keep a lookout for that. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to post it on August 2nd. And that's um, obviously the start of the Leafs, the first game for the qualifying round. So that's uh, something to look out for there. And yeah, our final thoughts here. I want to say I saw an interview with Kyle Clifford. It was interesting. I thought it was great. He he was asked how he was preparing for life in the bubble. And he said he's getting his ready, his family ready to go to Edmonton because... <laughs> He so yeah he's like he goes I'm getting the family ready to go to Edmonton to wait for him and the team because they're going to be there for the conference finals and I just loved it I just thought, is there is there anyone who is going to disagree with that face yes I don't yeah. think so yeah and um I he, and that there is an important point to note though is that his wife's family is from Edmonton so mm-hmm. um so that does help <laughs> but I still loved it the fact that he was just mm-hmm. had this straight face and he just said yeah I'm getting my family ready to go to Edmonton so um and wait for him to come there for the conference finals so we're I I love that kind of attitude and um Tonight is the first exhibition game versus the Habs, so I'm excited about that. Um, it just sh- yeah, time to get our hockey on. Yeah, and uh, we just want to fine tune, I guess, our game and make sure we get out of it with no injuries and just forget yeah, that about is key. Yeah, forget about Max Domi and whatever antics he decides to to pull for the game because <laughs> he always tries to be annoying. Uh, Max, but um, yeah, so our first game. And like, uh, better keep uh, Gallagher out of our crease too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because we don't uh, want him running over Freddie. Yeah, and our first game goes Sunday versus Columbus, so we're good uh, for that. We're excited about that, and we're going to be talking to you guys again during the series. But um, do you have any final thoughts on the series? No, um, just just that uh, I'm excited. I, I don't think it's going to be as close as some people think, although I do think the media, they they have to be pretty measured and fair in, in the way they, you know, give their um, predictions. But um, 
I got to give a shout out to Rory Boylan because he's the only only guy on in Sportsnet who had who had the guts to say uh, Leafs in three. So way to go, Rory. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think Tortorella could, you know, talk all he wants about the underdog role and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're the underdog and that means that you shouldn't win. So that's basically how I feel about it. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I no, guess that's, that's a wrap for yeah. today. Uh, I just want to wish everybody uh, a wonderful, wonderful first hockey game of the summer. Yes. Enjoy. Yes, and enjoy. as always, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, please give us your feedback and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at, uh, at LTL1917. And go, go Leafs! Go! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.